How are we doing? I don't know about you guys, but um, that song wrecks me. Love changes everything. It wrecks me every time that I sing it, and it was great to be down in the front just singing it. And thanks for being a part tonight in worship. Um, I'm Brian. Um, I'm a pastor here, and if you are here for the very first time, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for trying Element City Church. And uh, we, have a, uh, we have a great series coming up. And uh, I just want to revert back a little bit to last week. By a share of hands, who was here last week with uh, Pastor Jamie? Pastor Jamie from Greater Faith was a guest speaker, and he, he spoke about repentance. And Lord, he knocked my socks off. Went a little long, but he knocked my socks off. And, and he talked about repentance being, literally repentance being the 180 that we turn from something and we can then travel on. It's not forgiveness, that's what we're talking about tonight, but repentance, repenting from anything that goes wrong or how we've offended God or how we've offended others, that we need to be in the spirit of a daily repentance. And so if you missed that last week, go, it's online, you can, get it, you can catch it on our app or you can catch it on the website and it, it is a great, great time in God's word and the Holy Spirit was in here as we worshiped and learned about repentance. And so I wanna invite you to come along with us in this new journey, uh, this new series that we are starting this week. Um, it is called The Final Words. And the final words are coming because in a couple weeks, what are we celebrating? Easter. So we're going to take this series and we're going to move down and really start to see what Easter is about. The true meaning of Easter, and I'm just going to give a, a little hype right here. The true meaning of Easter, if you've been, not been with us for a long time or you've never been to church or you're like, what is Easter? What are you talking about? It's not bunnies and eggs and chocolate Reese's peanut butter cups that I love. It's the true meaning of Easter is why we are Christian or why we are Christians. Easter is what makes up us different from other religions. The tomb is empty. We have a relationship with the man that came out of the tomb. Thank you. Many prophets died, but Jesus, the Son of God, rose again. He fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. Easter is a big deal. Easter is a big deal because we celebrate the risen king. And so this, the next three or four weeks, we are going to talk about what that is. And the final words that Jesus had on the cross in his final moments. That's what we're going to talk about. Us as individuals, if we would be approached with someone that was dying, and they had something to say on their deathbed, I think we would pay attention. I think we'd want to hear what their last words were as they've lived their life and as they were in their final moments. These words hold weight. They hold a whole life's experience in a couple sentences. The realness and the starkness about these final thoughts Bring some clarity and some focus to a person's life. So how much more should we pay attention to the final words of Jesus and some of his final sayings and sentences that he said on the cross? If you would want, everybody had a card coming in, correct? Everybody get a card? 
Some of you got to pick your colors, some of you didn't. I'm sorry for the, uh, the lack of customer service in that. But what I want you to do is I want, this is going to be an exercise. There's pens in the, in the chairs in front of you, and as I'm speaking, as we're talking, as we're going over the scriptures, I want you to be open to the Spirit telling you or your intellect or your brain or wherever you're at of things and situations that have hurt you, people that have hurt you, groups. It could be global. It could be individual. But I just want you, as we're talking, I want you to just jot that down. It can be in parenthesis. You know, it, you can abbreviate if you're worried about your neighbor. If it's your neighbor, I don't know what to do. Um, Use a code word, do something. But we're going we're gonna to record those, and we're going to um, do something with that a little bit later. But just be open. As I pray, I'm going to ask that the Spirit moves us and just points out in our heart and disturbs us in an area that in our hearts that maybe that we haven't thought about, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you give us the Spirit. Lord, you give us the Spirit to convict us and to move us to where you want us to be. And Lord, I pray it's just the prayers before and the worship before you, Lord. We've prepared this place for you to come. Lord, bring the Spirit on us so that we can just see where you are in each individual part of our life. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're with us, we're going to be in, um, if you're with us, you are here with us. If you're following uh, in version or in your Bible, we're going we're gonna to start in Luke 23. I'll give you a second. Luke 23, 35. 23, 35. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him, they said. He said, if you have saved others, let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar, and they said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. I intentionally skipped over 34, so let's go back up to 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Here's Jesus on the cross, standing in the gap for all humanity. And he has mercy and power and grace and just says, Father, standing in the gap for our sins, our misdoings, our mistrust, everything that we've done. It says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Imagine how you would feel in that moment. Knowing that you had all power, all authority, but you loved immeasurably. And you were obedient and you were persecuted for people that would eventually walk away. how would that make you feel? Could you be in that moment? Could you be in that moment saying, Father, forgive them? Church, 
it's easy to think that, hey, you know what? But that's Jesus. But that's Jesus. He, he should forgive, yet it's Jesus. But I'm not him. We're not him. I can't do that, you can say to yourself. Don't ask me to do that. As Christians, if you're a follower of Jesus, I really don't think the thought or the idea of really living out what true forgiveness looks like, that we want to do it. Do we? Most of us are very reluctant to forgive even the smallest offense. It seems nowadays that everybody gets offended about everything. I'll give you about 10 seconds to look on your phones to see someone getting offended about something. 10 minutes in traffic, not even 10 minutes. It's your school, it's your work. We've become a culture of offended people. But early on, Jesus and his followers, the disciples, learned how to pray. And part of praying is forgiveness, which is a big part of it. In the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, it states, forgive our trespasses, our sins, and as we forgive those who trespass or sin against us. In this part, when I say the word sin, everyone goes where? Something evil, something dark, something crazy, right? And no one wants to admit that they are in that space. But in here, when the, when the Bible uses the word sin, it means just off the mark or missing the mark. And so what Jesus is telling his disciples is forgive of just where you've not done exactly what you need to do. You've been off the mark. Forgive our trespasses, us as we forgive those who trespass against us. The phrase that I want you to go home with tonight is forgiveness is what followers of Jesus do. Forgiveness is what followers of Jesus do. I don't find any exemptions in the Bible saying that this is not true. Trust me, I've tried to find them. I know in a crowd size this big, there are awful, damaging, extremely hurtful betrayals and things that you've had to endure living on this earth. But the Bible is clear. Jesus set the example. Forgiveness is what Jesus' followers do. And you're probably saying, why, Brian? Why, why, are, you, why are you coming at us this way? Because the forgiveness means in its nature, means to send away or cancel out a debt that was owed. Imagine if someone walked in this room right now and called you out and said, 
hey, can I meet with you for a second? And said, hey, you know those credit cards you have? You know that mortgage you have? You know those payments that you have on, on, your, on your vehicle? Oh, oh, and those school loans that are, you're going to end up paying off after you pay off everything else? It's gone. I've wrote the check. It's completely wiped clean. The slate is clean, and you don't have to worry about those anymore. You'd be in a pretty good state, wouldn't you? I'd be happy. I think on my student loans, I'm going to be like 89 before I pay them off. But that's what the cross did for us. He invited us into the room and said, you know what, I'm going to die on this cross and I'm going to wipe your slate clean. Jesus' blood on the cross wiped and canceled out our sin and what we owed. Other places in the Bible, it talks about forgiveness. Is Ephesians 4.32. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another. That's an idea. Forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Matthew 6.14, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Take that in for a second. God knew we were going to struggle with forgiveness. He knew it. And that's why he gave us the ultimate example of his son on the cross. That's why he says over and over and over again in the scriptures that we just read and other, time, other scriptures it says that's why you have to forgive is because I've forgiven you. But I, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that God has forgiven us and we hold very short accounts for others. This forgiveness thing is not up for debate. It's not like, okay, God, well, if this happens, then I can do this, or if you do this, I'll do that. If this person does it to me, there is no debating this. It's actually a command so that we can live as followers of Christ. Forgiveness is what Christ followers do. This is not saying that, that we don't have to have warm fuzzies and, and we have to do forgiveness in a, in, a, in a nice little bow package and it has to do all this. No, that's not what it's saying. The scripture says to forgive is an act of obedience. We are obeying our God and Savior as he forgave those on the cross. We are obeying God rather than giving in to the bitterness that is taking root inside of us with unforgiveness. Many of you know um, some of the stories by knowing uh, me and others, other situations, other conversations. Um, I grew up in this church, um, at Emmanuel Baptist Church, and um, 30 years ago, I gave my first sermon, and, you know, I don't know how that is, because I'm only, like, 28, so. Um, but I gave my first sermon on this stage right here, in this room. Um, this is where I started doing ministry. I was a youth pastor here. Then other, other wonderful things in my life has happened in this building and on this campus. Um, this is where I met Kimberly. Uh, we met in the building back. Yes, that was a good one. Woo -woo. Um, literally right in this spot is where we exchange vows. Where I'm standing right now is where we exchange vows um, for better or for worse. And there's been both. 
but glorious ones. It's a cool spot to be in, knowing that you've been in a place. But what you may not know is that in this church is also experienced some of my greatest pain. Because some of the stuff that was going on with the leadership in the church and some people at the church, um, I would drive in to the parking lot, I would literally open my door, and I would throw up whatever I ate at the house. I'd shut the door, make sure I didn't have any extra pieces of whatever was left on my face, and I would go to work. That happened for several months. Come in the parking lot, open the door, throw up, shut the door, park the car, go to work. Nothing I had control over. It was stuff that was going on. Um, but when God told me to leave, you'd think, that was great, right? No more throwing up, going to work, all that kind of stuff. you think it would be good, but no. It threw me to my knees. It hurt. I grew up here. It's where I wanted to raise my family. It's where I married my wife. It's where I had 100 kids in ministry that were doing great stuff in, in Midtown. Leaving was not the plan. Did I? I didn't add. I didn't add. Not everyone was really nice or kind on our departure. Actually, many of them talked behind my back for years. I would hear stories about how all this would shake loose and, and what they thought the story was or what the, why all, you know, everyone has their opinion to their story and what they hear. But God placed early on in that adventure, and I'm going to call it an adventure because it was, early on in that adventure that, Brian, don't grow bitter. Don't go bitter, Brian. Don't let unforgiveness grow in your heart. Your character and your integrity lies with me. But you know what? I struggled. I struggled to make sense of things, to make what's the next step. God, what do you, what do you want? What do you want me to do in this? I was only 25 years old when this took place. Lakin was not even born yet. She was about two or three months from being born. And I kept on praying and praying and praying. And sometimes I felt like literally my prayers hit the ceiling and then hit me back in the head. But I knew that God had told me not to grow bitter. To grow my heart in, unforg in forgiveness, not in unforgiveness, and that his, that he had me, that he had my integrity, he had me. So, one day I was in prayer and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take some actions to this. If I see them around Tucson, if there's actions that I can do, I'm gonna do them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the opposite of what they were to me. And so, just true like the Holy Spirit, I was at breakfast one day, and guess what? People across the, the restaurant were people that were pretty, pretty evil and had some nasty, nasty things to say to me. And guess what the Spirit asked me to do? You want me to buy their breakfast? 
what? And I think, I think I was actually audibly arguing with God at the table. Because at that time, I didn't have a job. We didn't have a lot of money. And you're saying, and he's like, I got you. I got you. And so from then on out, if I'd see people at Starbucks, if I'd see people out in public, I would literally go to them and say, how are you doing? Thanks for being around. Hello. Even if my skin was crawling on the inside. Because I knew that if I would ignore them, or if I would alienate them, or if I do, that would allow bitterness to enter into my heart and to grow. I tried to keep my heart open to the spirit of my forgiveness so that it wouldn't control my life. We are blessed now, I am blessed now to be here with no bitterness or no unforgiveness in my heart. I can stand on this stage today knowing that I was obedient to who God was, that I can stand here today knowing that he did that in me. It wasn't me doing it. God wants you to forgive. Not because it's easy, because it's not. It's not. And he knows it won't be. We need to humbly remind ourselves that we have been forgiven. He died on the cross, and we are forgiven. He wants the best for you and me. He wants the best for all of us. He's actually protecting us. He knows that bitterness is like a poison to our soul. Bitterness can build a wall between you and God. And that's an That's an awful, awful position to be in. Bitterness also spreads like a wildfire that starts and cannot be contained. It grabs anything and everyone in its path. He loves you so much, he wants more for you in your life than to be bogged down with unforgiveness. The truth about forgiveness is is When we forgive, we get to live in God's grace that sets us free. Church, do you you want what Jesus is offering? Do you want to live a life of forgiveness? Do you want that? Do you want a life that is free, not chained with unforgiveness? Some of you have been, have had unforgiving hearts for a very long time. You don't even realize that you are, are in an unforgiven state. Some of you have, and you have a shorter list. But I think let's all get to a starting point. Let's all get to a starting point where we can all realize that we need forgiveness, and we need to extend forgiveness. Can we agree upon that? That's not everybody. It starts with the power of the Holy Spirit. It starts with the power of the Holy Spirit. It starts with prayer. It's asking God to flush this out of my heart. Flush it out. Whatever I've ingested, whatever I've put there, whatever I've valued, flush it out. Flush it just like the big handle. (laughs) 
Also asking the Holy Spirit to pray to get rid of the weeds that are there that have grown over time. Also pray for the person or people that have offended you. Uh-oh. Scriptures tells us to pray for our enemies. Pray for the God works in their life that God reveals not your truth, but his truth in their lives. We've often prayed for our enemies that we pray that they get theirs. That they get hurt or get pain. That's not what praying for enemies is. Is that they pray that you pray that they get to see who Jesus is for who he is, not who you want the revenge on. His truth. Forgiveness is not a one-time event. We think, hey, I'm going to ask forgiveness, and I never have to go back to that ever again. The reality is, It's an ongoing process. Be ready to repeat the process over and over and over again. There's some ups to this. If we look for signs that we are forgiving, it looks like we don't alienate the person or the group of people that have hurt us. It looks like you don't seek to to go after revenge or to hurt or to manipulate their pain or for them to experience pain. You can talk about the offense that that you were offended without the pain or the high emotional drive to it. And sometimes, if you surrender, and sometimes you might even forget that you were offended. I hope There is a name, an attitude, a place that's on that card. Have courage, put it down on the card. Because Jesus died on the cross and he said he forgave. He wants to wipe that clean. He doesn't want forgiveness to hold us back from the abundant life he has for us. And as we're getting ready for communion, I want you to take some time. We're going to create some time just for you to think. Because I think in our, in our world, we, uh, we, we try to process fast or, or try to not allow space for the Holy Spirit to move in us. So I'm asking you, if you are a follower, if you're committed to who Jesus is, I'm just going to ask you to just sit where you are and just repent for any unforgiveness that you've had in your heart. And do it right now. You can write it on the card. You can write it in your book, journal, whatever. Or you can just verbally just pray. Ask Jesus to clean out the junk that's in there. Ask him to give you the strength and the courage not to let bitterness take root any longer in your life. And there might be some of you in the room that are on a journey with Jesus. You, you don't know exactly where you are with his relationship. And 
I can say this, we can't, we can't give away what we don't have. We can't give away what we don't have. And maybe you haven't had a chance to receive forgiveness from Jesus Christ. And you've never experienced the guilt and the shame being lifted off you and the freeingness of that is and, and the repentance of asking Jesus to be a part of your life. So if that's true, as we take communion, I'd love to just meet with you down here. And if you have that card and you have it filled out, we're just gonna give you a couple moments to do that as I'm talking. And we want you to do an act. And we want you just to take that card. No one's gonna be looking at it. No one's gonna be doing it. And we're just gonna drop it on the front steps. And that motion of you getting out of your seat and you coming down and putting that card down on the steps is saying, God, help me in this. I don't want to hold on to this bitterness anymore. I don't want to hold on to this unforgiveness. I want you to be in control. Just bow our heads. And if you're here tonight and you're like, wow, are we talking to just to me? Jesus is talking just to you. And if you're interested in saying, taking a next step with Jesus, we'd love to, I'll just pray, and you can just pray with me. You can just follow as I, as I talk. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I don't want to be held up with this unforgiveness. Lord, I don't want to be stripped down and walled off from you because I can't forgive. Lord, just I want to follow you with all my heart, mind, and soul. And I want to follow you with how I can as I know now. Lord, just come into my heart, come into my life, and Lord, just infiltrate everything in me so that I can live in your grace and in your mercy. And as we take communion, Father, Lord, just disturb us, move us of areas in our heart that we need to ask forgiveness for, that we need to repent of things that have, are holding you back in our lives. Things that we put up, things that do not disturb signs that we've put up in our life. Or keep out. Lord, move in us tonight. Lord, as we take the juice and as we take the cracker, Lord, that it will be a semblance of your body and your blood. As you stood on that cross and said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Lord, thank you that we get to live in that forgiveness, that we get to live in that grace. We get to live in that moment here and now. And Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for this community that comes together to worship you. Lord, you've created us to worship. You've created us to be your church, to reflect your glory. Lord, if there's people in this room tonight, Lord, that are just exploring you, Lord, help us 
be a community that can help them grow and take next steps with you. Lord, as we're praying, I know that there's hearts that are broken in this room. Lord, heal them in the way that you only can. Speak to them as only you can. If you have a card and you're ready for communion, the stations are left and right and in the back. Walk up to the stage, drop the card off, go take communion, sit back and just worship that we, we get to worship a God that cares and loves us. If you'd love to ask a question about what following Jesus is and you have a question now, Jack and I will be down front right now as the rest of everybody else takes communion or we'd love to talk with you afterwards. But if you feel like God gave you a name or a situation or something that was in your heart, have courage, walk it up, sit it on the, on, the, on the steps and just leave it there and knowing that God is gonna take care of it, wiping your slate clean. Amen.